from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I'm hosting radio today. Tomorrow, Dennis, I'll be on television at WRL doing the 6, 10, and 11 o'clock news. So the double duty for me yeah. has been very interesting the last two months. I'll still be here. You'll be here, but you're also doing a lot. People don't realize you're producing and hosting at the same time. That is tough to do. It's not easy. It's also very tough to play in a golf tournament and also report on that same golf tournament in the same weekend. That's where we bring in Raleigh's very own Emilia Miliacho. Uh, welcome in to the show. Thank you so much uh, for giving us your time. You had one hell of a weekend. U.S. Women's uh, uh, Open this past weekend at Pebble Beach. You played. You reported. How did all of that come about? Yeah, it was definitely an eventful week. So basically, I was scheduled to work the Women's Open and then I called up NBC and said, look, I'm also scheduled to qualify. So <laughs> would it be possible if I qualified, could I do both? Because I was scheduled to be on featured groups and featured groups have a morning and afternoon stream. So I was like, well, I feel like I could work with NBC and the USGA to schedule my tee times accordingly. So it was really cool. On Thursday, I commentated nine holes in the morning before I went out and played. And then on Friday, I played and then my full 18 holes, and then uh, commentated the full 18 after that. And I was really close. Honestly, I played really well. I just had a couple bad shots in the wrong spot, which is kind of what a U.S. Open will do to you. But it was a great experience. I mean, I put myself out there in something that no one has ever done, and I felt like I did a pretty good job. And, yeah, it was definitely uh, a week that I'm going to remember for a long time. So that's what I was just about to ask you. So you said nobody's ever – I was going to ask if NBC has ever been in this situation before, but nobody has ever done it. So you are basically – Not that I know of. You're, you're a pioneer. And not that they know of either. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, when, when you're doing something like that and you found out that you are uh, going to be able to play and you're going to be reporting, when that actually became real, was there ever a moment of like – holy bleep, what did I get myself into? Yeah, actually, the <laughs> Thursday morning. So I was eating in player dining, looking at the whole locations for the morning and writing down my notes for commentating. When I'm playing, I don't really need a lot of notes. Yeah. But when I'm commentating, I have you know a lot of extra notes. So there was this moment, and it was packed at breakfast, and I was just trying to get myself together. And that was the moment where I was like, Okay, we're just going right into this full force. <laughs> wow. So, Amelia, my question for you is how much how much harder was it for you just mentally in terms of you're on the course, but then you also have to keep in mind like the job that you have to do after playing as well. How how difficult was that switch for you just mentally between the ears to 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 have two like have two things of focus going on at the same time? You know, actually on Thursday, I, that's when I was broadcasting before then playing. So that's when I was really wondering how that switch was going to be. But it was honestly really nice to have something to do before my 118 tea time. And it was really cold. So I what, didn't feel I was tired. I was more just trying to, you know, walk quickly to warm my body up. But then once I was playing, I was telling Kim, um, my college coach at Wake and uh, who was my caddy that week, I said, I, I don't even remember broadcasting. We were on the eighth hole or something. <laughs> like, it just felt, it felt so long ago. Um, and I would say on Friday, that's when it was just more, 
physically enduring just because I'd missed the cut by one. And then I went out, went out and broadcasted 18 holes and it was cold as well. So uh, that was probably where I felt the most tired, mainly probably because I knew that come the weekend, I was just going to broadcast. So it was sort of just a lot happening on that Friday. But then Saturday, Sunday, like I was full of energy, ready to go. So yeah, it was definitely not as bad as I, I thought it would be, but my legs were very tired on Friday. Raleigh native golfer, golf reporter, Amelia Miliacho uh, joining us right now in the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. I'm Chris Lee. That's Dennis Demelcox. Um, really quick, I wanted to ask you about like playing in the U.S. Open. I know you've been known for golf for, for a very long time, and it's a lot of my colleagues at WRL still talk about you very fond uh, of, of you and their experiences with you in the past. Um, what? How did it feel for you? I'm sure this was like a dream come true to play at the Women's U.S. Open and then also play at a his- historic place like Pebble Beach. Uh, what was it like for you just knocking that off of of uh, the, the, the checklist, I, I guess, of, of accomplishments in your life? Yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate to play in two U.S. Opens prior, but everyone wants to play the one at Pebble. So when I qualified, I shot 11 under in the qualifier. I really just played perfect golf. It was one of those things where I wasn't nervous at all the entire day. And usually in US Open qualifiers, it can feel really, really intense coming down the stretch, especially when you know you're in the mix. But I really didn't feel that way at all. I was just honestly really grateful. And I'm someone, anytime I get a chance to tee it up with the best in the world, I really appreciate it because there's so much that I can learn from. And yeah, I love to play really hard golf courses, very historic golf courses. It was the first time I was ever at Pebble Beach. So my husband came out nice. um, as of 18 days ago. We got married 18 days ago. Hey, but, congratulations. Oh, then, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And so his mom, and I guess I can say my mother-in-law came out as well. His youngest brother, he's the oldest of five. So um, that was really nice. My college coach, like I said, caddy for me, her husband and and one of their sons came out. So it was really, and then we also stayed um, at a Wake Forest affiliated, um, now a good family friend house um, on, on site. So oh, it was nice. just kind of a whole sort of family affair, I guess. Uh, we went out there a week before because I got invited to play in a charity tournament at Pebble. So I got to play Pebble, Spyglass, Cypress. I mean, it was really a dream come true. And then I got to tee it up at the US Open. I played a practice round with Lexi one of the days and she was just so nice. And yeah, I got to follow Roseang, who's a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, Curtis Cup teammate, and then Allison Corpus one, who's another really good friend and Curtis Cup teammate. So honestly, it really couldn't have been a better week. I'm just so happy, was so happy to be a part of it. All right, Amelia, my final question for you is this: What's your future? Are you going to pursue pro golf, or are you going to go with the uh, the media career? What or are you going to try and do both? Well, right now I have 11 weeks scheduled for broadcasting, so that's what I'm planning on doing. I definitely want to stay in competitive golf, and right now that's staying amateur. Um, so that's as far I can only look as far as to the rest of the year and and what I have in a, what I can sort of foresee in the future. But right now it's staying amateur and uh, pursuing broadcasting and playing as much golf as I can in between. 
So I want to also say this. So just congratulations to you because uh, about a month ago, a little bit over a month ago, you also became a national champion with Wake Forest Women's Golf. So you are uh, you're you finalize your your college career. You go out as a champion, and then you have this special weekend that you just had. Uh, but I want to focus more on the, uh, the the reporting side of it. I had a chance to speak with you last year uh, down at Pine Needles and do that story on you uh, as you were reporting there. And uh, now we're a year later. You're still doing it. NBC obviously is is keep bringing you back. Um, how have you seen yourself grow uh, as being a, a broadcaster? And, and where do you see yourself going and broadcasting in the future? Yeah, I've seen myself grow a lot, especially when I was playing in college. I wasn't broadcasting, but I was doing a lot of listening. I Now I never watch a golf tournament the same (laughs) since I've been, you know, working on, on the, with the mic in my hand. And so that's been really great to be able to sort of be observing and listening um, on many different networks, just how the best, um, you know, hosts and announcers and um, analysts and on-course reporters, how they conduct themselves, what they're saying, what I really like and what I can kind of take from that and then sort of write my own narrative. It was really cool. I really felt I was able to put that into practice at the Women's Open. I felt I was really well researched and I didn't really have to look at any notes. Like I had notes written down, but I was able to kind of, um, you know, say those things from memory. And I felt like I got some good nuggets in about players and the history of Pebbles. So, and with featured groups, it's really nice because you're with three players all 18 holes. So there's a lot, I have a lot of, uh, sort of time where I can speak, whereas in a main telecast, you know, you might only get to speak for three minutes throughout the entire broadcast just because mm. they're jumping from from uh, place to place. Obviously, my goal is definitely to be on the main telecast yeah. at the best networks, but where I'm starting out right now, it's great to be on the feature group because then people get to see sort of, okay, what, how is she writing the narrative? What is she saying? How do I like that? And And so hopefully, you know, people can hear that and then I can continue to keep doing my job, which I love. So it's just been a great experience, but definitely I've found myself improving and, you know, excited to continue to do so. Here's what I want to see happen. Uh, as we're uh, ready to let you go, Amelia Miliacho joining us. Um, of course, Terry Gannon, not from Raleigh, but he played in Raleigh and won an eight, the 83 national championship with NC State. Uh, big with NBC and, and, of course, their golf coverage. I want to see him pass the torch to you and then you eventually take over Terry's seat. That's, that's what I want to see. That's what I'm calling well, you're saying it, not me. So I'll just see whatever happens. But I appreciate your ad- you advocating for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and um, you know, rest up. I know it's gonna. It was a crazy weekend, but you have a lot of golf ahead of you uh, as far as uh, um, playing and also reporting in. So I'm excited to see what your future holds. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, Amelia Miliacho joining us on a Heaster Automotive Group hotline. Um, I can't imagine Dennis trying to be competitive at an actual sport and then also like reporting for NBC, like a national network at the same time. That is one amazing feat. And when you're from North Carolina, man, you can do a lot of great stuff. Well, of course, (laughs) a lot of great things happen here in the state of North Carolina. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. 
you could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Can score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. You know, one of the things I've been wanting to do um, lately is I haven't listened to a lot of rock over my years. Okay, I do listen to rock every once in a while. I, I want to start going to different rock concerts and experiencing that because I've been to concerts for so many different genres. I've never actually been to a rock concert. And I real ah. I realized that only a few weeks ago because really? I've been to so many concerts. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, "Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen everything. Never been to a rock concert, never been to a country concert. I need to try those." Uh country concerts are different. I've been to a couple. Eh. Um <laughs> not eh, just not my thing. I got you. Um well, it, I've been to, I've seen Old Crow Medicine Show and Steve King and Rangers. I don't count them as country. Uh, I've been to their shows and they're fantastic. Uh, I, my girlfriend and I, we went to Greta Van Fleet a few months ago back mm-hmm. at PNC Arena, and that was you want to talk about just pure rock show. That was one of the best ones I've ever been to. I want to see it. It was at PNC, and it was an absolute blast of a time, absolute blast. But yeah, I I can't wait for Greta Van Fleet to come back. When that, I- that, I'm talking like long guitar riffs, drum solos, the whole deal, but. The way they did the the lighting and and the all that kind of stuff, the production that went along with it was just spot on. Let me know. I would love to go with you. I would Experienced, love to go. Um, you know, little brother, uh, with you yeah. last year. That was my first hip hop concert. By and the way. I would love, I would love to go with you uh, to a rock concert. It'll Should be, be my first. Time. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll uh, we'll find something at, performing at Hopscotch, in downtown Raleigh. We'll love it. Anything. Um, Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org slash nc. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at The designery.com let's uh, let's talk about this northwestern football situation uh bringing it back. oh yeah um, there's a, again like we said earlier there's a lot of layers that go into this we're barely scratching the surface on what's going on over there so north former northwestern football coach pat fitzgerald uh he released a statement after he was fired so to catch you up on a timeline last november um uh, an anonymous former player basically sent a complaint to uh, the school, Northwestern, saying, uh, you know, giving allegations of all of the hazing, all of uh, the things that were going on with that in the locker room at Northwestern. There was a investigation conducted. Mm-hmm. The investigation, sh- uh, sh- I guess, was showing that there was a level of hazing done. 
Uh, it was murky as we- whether if uh, Pat Fitzgerald knew about it, but being the head coach, you should probably know what's going on uh, in your program. Uh, he was suspended for two weeks by the president of Northwestern, Michael Schill. And then just yesterday, um, a couple days after getting that two-week suspension, mm-hmm. he was officially fired. Um, and this is the statement from uh, Pat Fitzgerald. Last Friday, Northwestern and I came to a mutual agreement regarding the appropriate resolution following the thorough investigation conducted by Miss Maggie Hickey. This agreement stipulated a two-week suspension. Therefore, I was surprised when I learned that the president of Northwestern unilaterally revoked our agreement without any prior notification and subsequently terminated my employment. Pete Thamel of ESPN had a pretty good breakdown of that whole sequence in terms of what changed between Friday and yesterday. Clear pivot point in the student newspaper detailing the allegations that the university knew via an outside law firm's investigation that initially led to that two-week suspension came to light. And when those hazing allegations went public, university president Michael Schill completely reversed course. Within a day, he had sent a letter to the community saying he may have erred in his decision on the two-week suspension. And essentially, within 48 hours, Pat Fitzgerald, the face of Northwestern football and perhaps the most important figure in the school's athletics history, was fired on Monday night. So here's the thing about this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not going to come to Pat Fitzgerald defense at all, okay? Yeah. If, if these things that were uh, – these allegations that of uh, things that were going on in this program were really going on and he knew about it or he didn't know about it, either way, um, he's at fault because you don't know what's going on in your program, and you should – or you knew what was going on in your program and you did nothing about it. Yeah. But my problem, though, with this is if you listen to what Pete Thamel just said, Michael Schill knew what was happening. But when things went public, yep. that's when it went from two weeks suspension to nope, you're fired. Mm-hmm. And whatever the punishment has to be, whether the information is out publicly or privately, everything, the punishment must be the same. Don't yeah. say that, oh, we're just going to suspend you and, you know, and we're going to put that out there and we're just not going to really talk about it, right? And then once everybody gets about gets the information and it's being read about and people are talking about it nationally, all of a sudden, oh, that's not harsh enough. We got to fire you. That's wrong in, in, in my eyes. Like, that's something that should never happen in any situation. And this is not coming to Pat Fitzgerald's defense. Maybe he should have been fired. And, Dennis, you called it yesterday. You said that more than likely this dude is going to get fired. Either either he's going to be fired or forced to resign, one or the other. But, yeah, it happened. But if it's good enough, if it's good enough publicly, it needs to be good enough privately as mm-hmm. well. Don't all of a sudden, because we know, start trying to change and make yourself look better by saying, oh, we should have made this decision. This is now the decision we're going to have to make. If it's good enough publicly, it's got to be good enough privately as well. Um, there was a team meeting this morning. And um, we don't know what's come out of that team meeting. But we do know that the president, Michael Schill, and their AD were not at that meeting. So, yeah, this is Adam Rittenberg of ESPN discussing the meeting that was held yesterday informing the players of the decision. Corresponding with some players in the team meeting last night, Michael Schill was not there. Uh, Now, the athletic director also wasn't there. He's been traveling. He, He zoomed in briefly to speak to the players, and they're very upset at the lack of presence from the leaders on campus. One player telling me that it's just outright cowardly 
that, that neither of them were there, but especially Shill because it's his decision. So I, I apologize. I misspoke. I said um, meeting this morning. There was a meeting this morning, but yeah. the, the meeting that uh, Michael Shill was not at was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. And, and Derek Gregg, who's the athletic director, uh, who just took over as AD, he's traveling. He's overseas. Yes. So I, I get that he's doing that, but there's also the thing of, hey, I'm on my way back, but I'm letting you know I'm working on my travel plans. I'm going to try and get back to campus as soon as possible. Hopefully he's doing that, but – but to not be present, like you make this call, okay, as a president. You made this decision on your own. Ahead of, like, above your athletic director, you make this choice. And you're not even there to tell the team face-to-face, this is why I made this decision. and not, Or even to answer questions. Like, this is what we're doing next. Mm-hmm. Either answer questions mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Shame on you for that, by mm-hmm. the way. Like, you look just as, like, I'm sorry, you look, you look bad in this, too. And that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of people that look bad in this. The, the the players that did this in the locker room look bad. The coaching staff looks bad. How the university is handling it right now looks bad. It Horrible. all looks bad. But, yeah, if, if, I, if I had to tell my team when I was at Methodist University and I took a different coaching job, I had to tell my team face-to-face in a room saying, hey, look, I'm leaving to go to another place. I didn't just shoot them a text or send them an email and peace out. I had to tell him face to face. Be an adult. You're the adult making this decision. Be the adult. Tell these young people face to face. This is the reason why I'm making the decision. That's the part where that I, I wish schools and administration would understand. And I know there's certain levels of bad PR you don't want to come to your university, right? Yeah. But if there's a coach, if there was something happening that Pat Fitzgerald knew about or didn't know about, and he should have known about this the entire time. The PR on your school is a lot better if you just come out and say, "This, these were our findings. We felt like this was gross neg- negligence on um, Pat Fitzgerald's fault. Mm-hmm. This is why we are letting him go. It hurts because he's one of our former players. He's been here as a head coach since 2006, but this, is, this was uh, a complaint that we got. We investigated it. We looked into it. We f- saw that this was actually happening. Therefore, we are letting him go. Uh, we will do one press conference where we will take some questions. At the end, that's all of it, and we'll go forward with this particular coach as our interim head coach as we search for a new coach. It's done. It's done for you. Yeah. The PR is over. Now you're not talking. Now we're not talking about the actual president and the AD and asking what did they know. You know what about this? Uh, how in what ways are they potentially complicit in all of this? Like you're you're gonna look so much better, and teams and schools that deal with things like that end up having a easier time with the media versus like ah oh, we're we're gonna all right two weeks suspension you're gonna be suspended oh now everybody knows about it ah man yep. mm, now you're fired that's just the wrong way to go about you it. know I always feel sometimes it's it's okay if you just come out and you just say what happened and say the truth put it all out there Facts. and then move forward because guess what it's happening it's coming out anyway right. Facts. Just go ahead and say it. Like, hey, like you mentioned, this is what happened. This is the action that we're taking. We're moving forward. And it's like once this guy, like you, the anonymous uh, uh, person that accused uh, of, uh, of Pat Fitzgerald and, and the team of this, mm-hmm. right, he came out with his message. Then all of a sudden this guy speaks to ESPN. ESPN talks about it, and now you have to go, like, come on, man. Like, do whatever you're going to do as if ESPN already knows about it and move that way. Yeah. 
Now, one thing, Chris, there's always going to be the conversation of who takes over next. There's some local connections, potentially, names being floated around about that. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org.